Look, I don't think it's right on all these cooking shows for people to cheers food. You cheers drinks. You don't cheers food. Stop it. This is the Geek Out Loud podcast. Welcome to Geek Out Loud. My name is Steve Glosson. So glad to be along with you on this whatever it is. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. When watching different people do their different food shows and they're all together and they're like, here, cheers. And they take the forks and they just kind of like, they don't necessarily, they just nod at each other and say, cheers, cheers. And they, or they'll look to the, or, or like old Guga. I, I'm sure some of you know Guga Foods. It looks and says, cheers, everybody. Look. Stop it. Do not cheers food. It's it. There's no sense in it. You cheers drinks. And the reason for the toast was always like to see if we could trust. Cause if your drink sloshed into someone else's drink and they still drink, you know that we were good friends. That's the whole deal there. The apparently, you know, because like, what if, what if the drink is po poison, you know, <laughs> what if the drinks are poison? And, and so the, the cheers was to kind of show trust and, and camaraderie. With with food, you don't cheers food. Just stop it. I want that word to go out. So if everyone could help me get the word out to to stop cheersing food. Stop toast. I don't want to say stop toasting food because toast is good. You know, isn't that weird? Like, is it like you take bread? Now look, I'm a fan of bread. Don't get me wrong. I I don't want to besmirch the good name of bread here on the show right out of the gate. I like bread. But there's something about like when you toast it and you make it warm and stale because toast is nothing if not just stale bread. You, you, if you let if, if bread is allowed to dry out and not get moldy, but to get stale, what is what is toast except bread that we have caused to become stale and a little bit, you know, discolored on the outside? We, we call it um, we, we, we say, oh, what a pretty golden brown color color and listen to that and we'll scrape it, you know. And good night, when you get some butter on that mess and melt it down and some jelly, come on now. I, honestly, <clears throat> but is toast like one of the most amazing things on the planet? I think it is. I, I think it is. And not a sponsor of this show, but I'll tell you this. Uh, crouton versus toast. Um, I'm going to go toast because the crouton, you, it, you, you never know. Because sometimes people throw croutons in things and, and the dressing will make it a little too soggy because they'll be like the big croutons. Or sometimes they'll throw croutons and there won't be enough dressing to help soften up the tiny little bitty ones that'll break your teeth. So a crouton is a hit or miss. I like a big toasty crouton, but I, I, I think I like a good piece of buttered toast with some, uh, with some uh, you know, butter and jelly on that mess. I want some right now. Anyhow, not a sponsor, but I'll tell you this. Let me, let me give you a little tip on the toast. Never been a fan of wheat bread at all. You know, I was always a white bread kind of kid. 
Uh, but Dave's Bread, we does white bread right. If you can go to like a like a little bakery outlet in your town, if you have one of those, what I, my, my wife and her family always call them day old bread stores because I guess it's meant. The idea is these are things that are about to go out of date that have been brought here because they're extra excess from the from the bread company. If you can go get a good deal on a on a on a uh, loaf of Dave's bread, white bread done right, toast that mess up. It's got a good nuttiness to it. It's a nutty flavor, and it's just tasty. And uh, I love some toast. In fact, probably what's going to happen after the show, if I don't forget about it, uh, at the end of at the end of the show. I'll probably go make some toast. What about the mega crouton in French onion soup? I got to say, and that's from Michael High Nip, I believe. Oh, High Nip himself. The What they throw on top of that is not, I feel like that is not a crouton. I don't think you can in America call it crouton because it's a, it, it is, it is literally just a big old piece of toasted French bread, right? And then you smear that cheese over it. I don't guess you smear it. I guess you melt it over there. Never, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say something here that is going to shock the world because I've never been a big fan of onions. I've never put a spoonful of French onion soup to my mouth at all. I love the look of it. I love that melted cheese over the top of everything. But um, I don't know that I would enjoy the French onion soup. <clears throat> there, I said it. I said it. And you can you can disagree with me or dislike me all you want. But I'm saying... Right here, right now, I've never tried French onion soup, and I've never wanted to lay my money down on a cup or a bowl of it because I, I, I just don't see myself really, truly enjoying it. So, you know, do with that what you will, folks. And, um, you know, if maybe uh, maybe one day life will change. But I, who can be who can really be sure of these things? Who can really be sure of these things? Hey, hope you've been keeping up with everything that's going on in the Goliverse lately. I know that uh, we've uh, kind of clicked up the amount of um, episodes and stuff we're putting out here on the feed proper. And someone in the Goliverse group over at geekoutonline.com slash group absolutely uh, jinxed it because they're like, oh, Steve's putting out more episodes now. And then three weeks later, hey, everybody, we're back. Um but uh, we have so many people who support us in so many different ways, and we thank all of you. We've got the Mixler Zoo crew checking us out right now at Mixler.com slash Goliverse. And uh, we appreciate everyone who's there hanging with us in the Mixler Zoo crew. And um, I bet Steve will chow down. Wait a minute. Let me get through this. And I've, got, I've just been derailed again, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight to keep it on the rails. <laughs> I'm going to keep it on the rails. Keep it here. On the rails. I totally forgot what I was... Oh, yeah. There have been a lot of people that support us. <laughs> Starting with the Mixler Zoo crew. Uh, follow us on Mixler. Whenever we go live, you should get notified. You may have to re-up your notification stuff. Mixler has just pushed an update that I am not a fan of. But uh, but we're there anyway. Watch us on all the socials at Geek Out Loud. Uh, over on the Goliverse group at geekoutonline.com slash group. And just by listening and downloading the show, you really help us out a lot. Subscribe to the Geek Out Loud YouTube channel. Or if you want to, you can support us on Patreon. Our featured supporter today is Ashley Budd. Like a human super scroll, Ashley is able to mimic the powers of others. 
If you need two heavy hitters, just team Ashley up with someone with super strength. Need more air support? Ashley just needs to team up with some flyers. Need more firepower? Pair Ashley with the human torch. Need more stealth? Find someone invisible, then partner them with Ashley. You get the idea. Ashley is the most versatile member of any team. That's Ashley Bud, our Patreon supporter of this week. We appreciate him and appreciate everyone who supports us over at patreon.com slash geekoutloud, where right now uh, you can hear uh, the Hot Tub Geek Machine with Dave Jones. It's available there. And on the next episode of Geek Out Loud, we will play some of that. Uh, we play an edited, a, a scaled-down version of the Hot Tub Geek Machine on Geek Out Loud proper. So check out me and Dave in the hot tub over there. Also, Dave and I talk Ang Lee's Hulk. Uh, that was right at the end. That was released, I believe, on Halloween night was Ang Lee's Hulk. And uh, we had a great time doing bad Nick Nolte impersonations and watching that movie and just just singing the praises of whisper acting and the the moment where Hulk busts out into the desert and everything that ensues between him and the army. And then we just kind of let the rest of the movie kind of happen while we tried to share Hulk facts and do bad Nick Nolte impersonations. And then, and then on, uh, on, on November 4th, we released, um, <clears throat> we released, uh, um, Lifting up the car, episode one, which is the pilot episode of The Incredible Hulk. It's not a commentary; it's a discussion about the episode itself. Shaz Bazaar uh, joined me for that, and um, and we had a great time talking about the classic television show, the greatest television show ever made uh, by man, and uh, the classic television show, The Incredible Hulk. So we, uh, so that's there. Uh, it was released for the 35th anniversary of the pilot episode airing uh, back in the day uh, on November 4th of 1977. And we hope to have more of those come your way. Shaz uh, will be on as many of them as I can get him on. Uh, I'm going to try to get some other people in on it with an episode here or there. But I really, really, really enjoyed doing that and want to do uh, more Talking the Incredible Hulk over on Patreon. If you follow Real Geek Out Loud on Instagram, whenever these things go up, you can get a snippet of uh, some of the things we discuss on those shows. And uh, Because I have learned to do the cool thing where you put a video up and it's got a little wave thing at the bottom going while you chitty chat. And so, I, look, learning things at my age is crazy. I, I mean, crazy with a capital Z is what it is. So, um that's patreon.com slash geek out loud. And that's where you can support us over there. And we appreciate everyone who does. Ooh, looking forward to living in the car, the greatest American hero, Michael Nip. If you're in on that with me, we'll do it. All right. Uh, so here's something. We have. Also, there's Amazon links, geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. Here's something we haven't been able to do in a little while. And I'm really excited to do so. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, Let's jump into some emails. All 
Before we get into the emails, I need to mention Realtor Angie says she really enjoyed it and she's never seen the Incredible Hulk TV show. And I want to say to Tintin, um, step up and be be the be the husband that God called you to be, sir. So <laughs> sit down with your wife and watch some Incredible Hulk. <laughs> All right, let's see what we've got here. Um, we have from Brian Kent. You know what? We're going to save Brian's story. Brian sent a story that we're going to get into uh, momentarily. I'm getting audio messages from Shaz Bazaar, and I don't understand what's going on here. So Shaz has taken now to send. <laughs> Shaz has taken to sending me, um, <laughs> to sending me parody songs via text now. <laughs> Thank you, Shaz Bazaar. I appreciate that. <clears throat> um, Brian Kent has sent us a story we're going to get into momentarily. Uh, Lisa Cipher sent this email goal from last week, or really a couple of weeks back. She says you ask for emails. So here you go. Loved Werewolf by Night. This one snuck up on me. I usually don't go for horror, but I thought this was great. From the special presentation intro, which has to be an homage to the CBS special presentation bumper from the 80s, all the way to the end. And I don't need this to connect heavily with the rest of the MCU. It can stay adjacent and be just fine. You know, I agree. We watched it. It was one of those things that really kind of surprised me that I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the portrayal of the man thing on that and um and having never really read any of the werewolf by night stuff back in the day um i i i was just i just enjoyed watching it it it, it had the feel of a classic 70s marvel comic you know some of that bronze age stuff that i've really come to love and appreciate more and more and more as time has gone on and um and so, yeah, I, I I thought it was really good. And I do like the, the whole special. For those of you who may not be in the know, back in the day, and it's interesting that CBS, and, and Lisa's not the only one to mention this, but the CBS special presentation bumper really is iconic because I can't tell you. Here's the things I can tell you. I can tell you what the NBC uh, like Sunday night movie looked like, and I can tell you about the ABC Sunday night movie, especially because... It was the ABC Sunday night movie intro was epic, man. It was absolutely epic. But the CBS special, and pro you know what it probably is, is because people from my um, generation grew up on the Charlie Brown specials and that sort of thing, and this would always come on before that. This is what it sounded like. Um, you won't be able to see, obviously, what it looked like. So... Um, Oh, this is not what it sounded like at all. Hold on a second. Sorry. This is someone doing all their own stuff right now. But uh this is um this is this is what it sounded like. Here we go. Let me let's get there. I mean, that was CBS. And the word special would like be rolling over and coming at you at the TV. <laughs> and it would just do that. And and man, I like it meant something awesome was about to happen because it really was, you know, Christmas special season when I really 
would would watch this stuff. But now the ABC Sunday night movie was something to behold um, because it were like all these stars across the screen. It was dramatic music and and then it would kind of all show up in a uh, in like a, a a marquee kind of thing. And I especially man the Superman two intro and the superman intro for the abc sunday night movie opening was just absolutely great let's see if we what this has here listen to this this is this is just this isn't even the movie this is just kind of like abc's presentation of the movie tonight he's gonna say tonight dun, 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 dun. Now, and now back to the ABC Sunday night movie, man. I'm telling you what, dude, that was dude. Cause you're all dudes. Listen to me. <laughs> oh, here we go. Let's see if we can get this. This is it's, uh, the fact that someone would have captured this means so much to me. If they really did, uh, let's just see. I've got the, uh, no. Yeah, here we go. Let's see if this catch. Like this, this music thrills me because I know, like, I'm about to see something awesome, some awesome movie. Oh no, I, I messed up. Tonight, tonight. Here it goes. Special tonight. Special tonight. ABC Network premiere. Superman. Starring Christopher Reeve in the title role. With Marlon Brando, Glenn Ford, Gene Hackman, Valerie Perrine, and Margot Kidder as Lois Lane. You telling me that you didn't know it was about to get awesome up in here when they're going to show Superman the movie? One of the greatest movies of all time. The Superman 2, I have embedded in my brain because this is how I watched Superman 2 for so long on the videotape that we recorded off of TV. And it was just fantastic. Starts Wednesday at 5 and 11. Thank you, Mr. Voiceover Man. Well, that's incredible. It will not be seen tonight due to the following ABC special movie presentation. Yes. But it will return next week at its regular time with more incredible stories. Thank you, sir. Tonight. We got to go through it again. Sorry. Tonight. Tonight. ABC premiere presentation. Let's go to my place. Superman falls in love. Thank God. Loses his powers. Superman, can you hear me? And battles three super villains for possession of the earth. Revenge. 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 Now we're talking. <laughs> Three hours spectacular. This was this was in the days back when he just said a three hours spectacular. I mean, this is the days when you would literally have um, uh, 
you know, events. The 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 movies the the movie premieres on network television were events, and it was so cool and uh, absolutely loved it. So Scott Rifen sent a uh, sent a link here, and he says play this at the one thirty mark for about a minute. So let's get to the one thirty mark. And well, I'll tell y'all that what this is in a minute. So what that was, that's from the old original uh, Hawaii Five-O soundtrack. Uh, thank you, Scott. And Scott Rifen being the, the 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 receptacle of all kinds of useless knowledge <laughs> is is letting me know in Scott Rifen's way. Well, that's just a movie from the you know the Hawaii Five-O. CBS used their own you know they went in their own library, just found that music, and so it's just a piece from this piece of music. Listen to this. Tell me th that's the special. That's the CBS special music. It's from Hawaii Five O. Everyone knows this. I mean, y'all, that is the magic of Scott Rifen. I'm not here to say that Scott Rifen is a magical being, but the same way that Shaz Bazaar can just suddenly send me text messages with him having made up a day old bread song, <laughs> Scott Rifen will have some weird, um, weird, uh, weird, weird weird trivia for you that you never knew and and it'll come out and it's still awesome i love it this is anyhow so how do we get here oh we were in the middle of an email <laughs> lisa goes on to say Andor, to quote dom deloise in history of the world part one it's nice not thrilling but nice i don't love it i don't hate it uh we'll see how it turns out i'm trying to keep an open mind as this plays out i want to talk a little bit about Andor in a moment but i, I tend to agree with you i it, just not I don't know any of the other characters' names. I, I know, you know, I, I know that I'm supposed to know their names, but I don't. I don't know their names. I know Cassie and Andor and Stellan Skarsgård. And I think his name is Luther or something, or Lutheran. Is it Lutheran? Is his name Lutheran? So, um, yeah, wash this. Wash what? Um <clears throat> We need a whole show of Steve doing Riven's voice. Well, you know, just listen long enough and it'll happen. Uh, Hot Tub Geek Machine has been great. Holding out hope for a Forceology reboot. I don't know that we will reboot, but we need to pick up where we left off. And that is really, uh, Shaz does the lion's share on that when it comes to the research and stuff. And so, um, and so you know, things got so busy a couple of years ago, and I don't know that for a lot of us it ever calmed down. So Shaz wants to do it as well. Uh, they don't look Presbyterian to me, Luke Glassner. Uh, thank you for opening up that uh, that uh, bottle for me to make that joke. Um, that's a Muppet movie joke, everybody. All right. Um, let's see what's happened here. Uh, 
Cody Murphy. Co Cody Murphy. Wow, what a great way to say his name. Cody Murphy. Cody Murphy says, greetings, Steve. So a while ago, you got on film scores, and you brought up a franchise near and dear to my heart, Power Rangers. I'm sorry. Let me do this. If I'm going to read an email that talks about Power Rangers, I have to do this really quickly um, because I can't just not do this. So... My earliest memory as a conscious human person was as a four-year-old getting the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Ninja Megazord for my birthday. A toy that, well, this is, remember, Cody Murphy. A toy that I still have and cherish to this day, and I turned 30 this year. I adored the Power Rangers film in 2017 and wish that it was financially successful enough to secure a sequel. However, it appears that the franchise is in good hands. Hasbro bought them after the lackluster box office in 2017, because the latest season has been well received on Netflix and the show hits its 30th anniversary. Uh, and as the show hits its 30th anniversary, they are bringing back many of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers crew for an epic reunion. Come on, everybody. Get your air guitars out. Here we go. Get ready. Get ready to walk it. Like you, I too am a film score junkie. A transcendental experience in life was to see John Williams conduct the Louisville Symphony Orchestra. So when the 2017 movie came out, I immediately bought the film score. Brian Tyler is an underrated director. His score on Thor The Dark World is excellent, and his score on Iron Man 3 is the only thing I liked about that movie. Also, if you've not seen it, Transformers Prime is the best Transformers cartoon since Beast Wars, and Brian Tyler does the score. So I just wanted you to be made aware that when you covered the 2017 film score on the show, you missed a critical moment that you should be made aware of. On track 14, entitled Let's Ride, go to the 115 to 120 minute mark and let the moment play out. You'll hear something special. Now, listen, Cody, I need to tell you, I know what you're talking about. I saw the 2017 movie in the theater and absolutely got a charge when that moment actually dropped in the movie proper itself. Um, you know what? The movie was okay. I think we're going to talk about Star Wars here in a little bit. And I think that Power Rangers suffers from some of the same things that Star Wars suffers from. And that is a fan base that makes it seem bigger than it is uh, or more popular than it is. And I don't know that, and I, look, I'm not, I'm not saying that Star Wars is not popular. We'll talk about it when we get there. But I think that the, the Power Rangers audience that I've always known has been very rabid and very passionate about Power Rangers. And, and rightfully so. I mean, it's a cool little franchise. Like the, the whole, I was a senior in high school when, uh, or junior in high school, junior or senior in high school when Power Rangers came on Fox Kids back in the day. And it came on in our uh, in our market very early in the morning. So I'd be getting ready for school 
and my younger siblings would have it on and they you know watch it in the background or whatever and i was really intrigued by it because it reminded me of something i loved as a kid uh voltron and and so that was the thing that caused me to kind of perk up and pay attention and and then they moved it to afternoons in our market and so i would actually kind of check it out here and there um i wasn't like watch it. i was a senior in high school so i wasn't like watching it religiously but what would happen is i would come home from school from from come home from school and um <clears throat> well what i would watch as i was getting ready for work i'd have on tasmania and then the animaniacs because the animaniacs was a very well written funny show and tasmania was deceptively funny and particularly the father i always loved the dad on there because the dad gave me one of the things that i've loved most to this to this day and i've recently brought it back up in my life on my personal instagram and that is the blah 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 yaggedy schmackety blah blah and um anyway wow power rangers are still singing to me isn't it? <laughs> this is why this show can't be a youtube show by the way um so uh i yeah i you know i was where was i at oh so I would catch it here and there and kind of peripherally saw what was going on. And, and I really, and I knew what had happened. I'm like, so they're and, and you could just see, well, they're taking footage from another show, a Japanese show, and they're putting these interstitials with the American kids and some other footage in there. And that was, you know, and I thought, well, that's a neat idea. That's pretty cool. Um, it's kind of the same thing they did with, um, with, with, you know, Gee whiz, Voltron, Transor Z, even Transformers to an extent back in the day, and uh, and so yeah, I, I think that um, that that you know it, obviously it has an ardent fan base and rightfully so. I don't think it's a problem that it has an ardent fan base, but I think the reason that it wasn't that, that movie wasn't well received, I don't think it was a bad movie per se, but I think that it has a very ardent fan base, and when things didn't look the part or things didn't seem right. I think that turned off some fans and I think that other people, just casual viewers, weren't necessarily interested in it. They were like, oh, that's that Power Ranger stuff. And in a and in a market where at that by that point superheroes were really dominating, if you weren't Marvel superhero, and I mean, you, you look at the struggle the DC had had to that point. And that's a whole other discussion, I know. So I think that I think that I I, I think that given the right circumstances and the right writing, I really do think that the concept is ripe for a really successful push. I just don't know that they are, I don't know that the franchise is as popular as the fans are ardent for the franchise, if that makes sense. Not dogging anybody, not dogging any franchise. <clears throat> I'm just saying, uh, let's see, just for kicks and giggles, Let's uh, come here to Brian Tyler's score. Let's ride, since we're doing this for everybody apparently today. Uh, and we'll go to about the 115 mark. Um, so here we go. We'll, we'll, mm, here we go. We'll let it build.
Now I'll say this as 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 a very casual Power Rangers fan, that just kind of hit right there, just right. And I remember seeing the movie and I thought, oh, that hits so well. That hits so so very well. What were the end titles? Oh, they just kind of came back around. They said they play the whole song. Love the or I like the orchestral version of Go Go Power Rangers, which this also reminds me, um, a while back, and this has probably been like a hundred years ago. I was talking about I would love to find some great covers to classic cartoon intros, and there are a few out there that are really really good. Um, and I've kind of I'll fall into a rabbit hole every now and again and, and think, oh, I got to bring these to the podcast, and then I forget until moments like this and. The last thing you want to hear me do is Google. I mean, good night. How how far into the show are we right now? And we haven't gotten out of the emails. We're half an hour in and haven't gotten out of the emails yet. And we only had like two emails. So there you go. Um, <laughs> all righty then. Uh, he says, I agree. This is back to Cody Murphy. I agree with your assessment of comics. They're in kind of a weird place right now where they are not adding anything to the pantheon of American culture. One exception that has been knocking out of the park has been the Boom Studios Power Rangers run of comics. So, Cody, you're a Power Rangers fan. Um, it takes the original show and gives it decent writing because nostalgia covers many of the original sins. Uh, and see, that's the thing. I, I think that's kind of the thing, is that the original show is not great. Um it's action packed and it's kind of neat and there's some cool visuals and listen, giant robots fighting giant monsters always works. You know, it was the story arc that would be kind of put alongside of it. And, and it was saved by the bell meets a Kaiju movie really is what is what power Rangers kind of was, you know, you without the good acting, I mean, and I don't want to dog any of those people because like they, some of them went on to even, bigger things and different things. And, you know, and, and Power Rangers has made a lot of money for several of those folks on, on down the line. Um, but I, anyhow, I look, I, I just, I think that, uh, I think it's one of those things that you got to be careful with though, too, because Power Rangers was kind of lighthearted and hopeful and, and fun. And a lot of the people who try to take and say, well, this is what happened years down the road, turn in this dark, twisted, kind of just, depressing thing and that's happened to a lot of properties that we all know and love and i'll be mentioning that momentarily <laughs> hey spoiler alert i'm going to be talking about star wars in a minute um but anyhow uh he says the public library at hoopla carries them all for free and they've been fantastic it starts with an arc where the team travels to a parallel universe where tommy remains evil and reader repulsa achieves victory it's incredible and they are totally worth checking out. The fun thing about Power Rangers is that it's not part of a wide extended comics universe like DC and Marvel. So you get a cohesive comic story in a single book. I appreciate Power Rangers because it's a franchise that people love, but they're not so precious that the internet discussion gets toxic. It's a breath of fresh air. And I think that lends, that is a, 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 partly because of the change that began to happen so much. You know, you went from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers to like, 
Power Rangers Galaxy or Neo Riders or, you know, whatever it was, Trailblazers, Power Rangers, Transform Morpher things and, you know, Ninja Zords and Samurai Warriors and Jungle Warriors. And, and so I think the ever-evolving narrative of the Power Rangers really kind of keeps people from getting all precious about it and everything. And, and that's, that can be a good thing. You know, I think that, um, one of the mistakes that's been made in, in some franchises is not changing it up enough to keep people on their toes. I think that's one of the things about the James Bond, uh, series is, you know, Bond actors change. And, and obviously there's pushback, uh, whenever there was a new one immediately, but then people would kind of fall in line unless your name is George Lazenby or Timothy Dalton, which by the way, real shame that Timothy Dalton get to, didn't get to do James Bond more than he did. Those movies are highly underrated. Um, License to Kill and um, The Living Day... No, one of The Living Daylights. What was uh, what were the Timothy Dalton movies? Uh, if Rifen's still in the chat, I know he'll answer immediately. Um, <clears throat> what, uh, what was the... Um, it was License to Kill... Was it the Living Daylights? It wasn't Living Daylights. I feel like that was uh, um, was Roger Moore. Let's go through the James Bond movies. You had Doctor No. <laughs> Let's start from the beginning. You had the Living. Okay, it was the Living Daylights. Thank you. I got a license to kill. Uh, um. Anyhow, I yeah, let me come back to what I was saying here. Timothy Dalton under underrated. I would really love to have seen. A little more Timothy Dalton. Pierce Brosnan was good, but by the time you got past uh, Goldeneye, the rest of those movies weren't the best in the world. Goldeneye was really good. What was the second one? Um, the last Pierce Brosnan was not great at all. They just kind of descended in, in not great. Um, but Goldeneye was good. But the Timothy Dalton movies, I think, were very highly underrated, unfortunately. So what have we got going on right now? <clears throat> Um, oh, okay. <laughs> oh no. Shaz has got a, got a project going or some such. I'm very confused as to what's happening here. I'm getting derailed by the text messaging thread, but anyhow, um, where was I? Oh, the, the, the stuff. So yeah, tomorrow never dies was not great. Um, no, tomorrow never dies was good. Was tomorrow never dies? Which one had the Madonna song? Because that was not a good song. Because all of a sudden, in the middle, she goes, Sigmund Freud. Um, analyze that or some such. All right, look, I'm sorry. Let me, let me, oh, this is a perfect opportunity to do this. <laughs> Why have I just been sitting here not using this particular drop, ladies and gentlemen? What a, what a wasted time that this has not happened yet. Um, let me Google that for you, but I don't have the right hard drive plugged in. Daggummit, Glosson. Get your stuff together. I need a soundboard. I need a soundboard where I can just hit a button and it's loaded and, it, and, it, and it's ready to go. But those things are super expensive. Um, let's see. Big honking show. Is this the right one? Yeah. Here we go. Is it under drops? Probably not. Um, let's see. No, no, no. Sorry, everybody. Now I'm just now for me now it's just it's just a it's just a point of pride. Here we go. <clears throat> you know what? Let me do this. Let me Google 
All right, we're going to Google list of James Bond films. And meanwhile, I'm also going to pull up my James Bond music collection over here. James Bond. Here we go. Um, Dr. No from Russia with Love. Goldfinger. Thunderball. You only live twice. Honor Majesty's Secret Service. We have all the time in the world. Diamonds are forever, forever. Live and let die. The man with the golden gun. That's not really how it goes, is it? It kind of is. Uh, oh, nobody does it better from the uh, from the spy who loves me. Nobody does it better. Moonraker for your eyes only. Oh, all time high. I don't remember which one that was off of, but a view to a kill. Okay, Living Daylights, License to Kill, Golden Isle. Tomorrow Never Dies is enough. It is the next one after Golden Isle. That was pretty good. I remember that being okay. The World is Not Enough, a little bit less so. And then Die Another Day was the Madonna one. That was not good. That was not good at all. And the song is not good either. Die another day. Another day. <clears throat> Roadcaster Pro will be a soundboard for you. Thank you, Scott. That's a great suggestion. I'll have to try that one. Tomorrow Never Dies is the one with David Arnold's uh, Bond debut. Huh? I don't remember David Arnold. I don't know. I don't get that reference. DF Music. I'm sorry. Octopussy is all-time high. That's right. That's good. That's right. That's right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you all for your help in this particular derailment and trying to discuss why Power Rangers people take it so easy, and it's because of the ever-changing nature of it. Um, I am under the impression, I am of the opinion that we, if we're going to have an Indiana Jones franchise continue, we should have had a new Indiana Jones mm, maybe 15 to 20 years ago. Um, to go ahead and, 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 and let us all hate on that person, a sacrificial Indiana Jones that we could all hate. And then the next one be like, Oh, he's as good as Harrison Ford ever was. And then you can move on with that character and continue those stories. I also feel like that if, uh, if an individual happens to pass away, unfortunately, that, that, that the character should not be, um, smaller than the individual, Obviously, a, a real person's life matters much more than the life of a of a fictional character. But if you want to continue to tell stories, I think it's okay. In any actor or actress <laughs> worth their salt, would say, "Let this character live on," um, and and don't feel bound to me for it. And so, anyhow, that's that's just my two cents. But anyway, um, Cody Murphy says, "Keep up the excellent work." Eh, mediocre and always keep the episodes long it looks like that's what's happening this time around i've been listening to you since the skynex days and you're one of the best in the business oh thank you sir i appreciate that the business then is very sad may the force be with you my friend and may the power protect you may the power protect you that's what zordon told the mounting morphin mighty morphin power rangers and that's from cody murphy p.s i got married on october 1st and to show my geek cred our last dance was to the cat peggy dance song in endgame and winter soldier it was a perfect day. My brother also had some amazing cameos, which you can check out on my podcast. A doctor and a lawyer walk into a bar, found anywhere you find your podcast, and you have full permission to play them on the show. See episode 39. Thank you, Cody Murphy. I did see that. He actually posted a little bit of that over in the Guardians of the Goldiverse group. Check that out. And um, well played, sir, on uh, plugging your podcast on a podcast. And uh, as one who I feel like if I've influenced you in any way, it's that. Always get those plugs in, sir. 
always get those plugs in and make sure that people know where they can find you, Cody Murphy, on A Doctor and a Lawyer Walk Into a Bar. And now, let me give you the opportunity <clears throat> to uh, do something that our friends over at the Deuce Cast do. All right, everybody, that's A Doctor and a Lawyer Walk Into a Bar. See you next time. I'm Steve Glosson. So now you can copy what the Deuce Cast does and have me close out all of your songs. Um, Scott, I agree with your statements, but when I read it, I hear it in Steve's voice doing your voice. <laughs> a view to a kill is a view to a kill. <laughs> all right. Brother Glaze, 45. Steve, you got called out by Jimmy Mac on the newest RFR. I will be addressing that, sir, and I appreciate you putting me back on track, so to speak. Um, before we get into all of that, uh, let's see. Uh, Good night. We've been going so long. I don't know if we need to keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on dancing all through the night, or if we should do some big honking show stuff. Mm, we will end with the big honking show stuff. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. How about that? And uh, all of us rest our voices a little bit, take a sip of water. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Andor, the show on Disney+. Plus. Understand, I'm going to be speaking very ignorantly about Andor, so go ahead and prepare yourselves to be frustrated at my lack of knowledges of names and people and even the numbers of people. And yes, I said my lack of knowledges. No offense to the actors and actresses <laughs> uh, there, um, but uh, we'll talk about all of that when we come back. Um, yeah, so stick around. It's The Big Honkin' Show. I'm Steve Glosson. Here's the music. ever happened to you? Well, you don't have to worry. Protect yourself and your family with BTH Security. 
Beatrice Turner Home Security has been in business since 2009 protecting people just like you. With our founder's patented alarm, criminals and burglars would be scared away. Just listen. Once you hear that sound, you know your home's protected and one of our agents will call you right away to make sure you're okay. Don't forget, Beatrix Turner, the first name in home security. I want you to take evasive action off your couch and come down to Admiral Akbar's snack bar and miscellaneous emporium. I'm Admiral Akbar. Once we defeated the Empire, I had to reacclimate myself to civilian life. And I found my calling by selling delicious snacks and other miscellaneous items. Visit my store, and you can see here the ridiculous amount of savings and healthy foods housed within our 200,000 square foot superstructure. Some of the items include the following. My world famous chicken Caesar wraps. We have frap patinos, cats, baseball bats. It's a trap for catching mice. You will have no choice but to shop at Admiral Akbar's snack bar and miscellaneous emporium. You just can't repel deals of that magnitude. Proceed with the countdown to savings, and may the force be with you. Welcome back. Big honking. Whoa, not the big honking show. <laughs> Geek Out Loud is what we're doing. And I'm Steve Gawson. And I'm glad to have you along with me on this uh, geeky little journey that we're taking. Now, um, over the past few weeks, there have been some things brought to my attention about the Geek Out Loud feed. Particularly, there's some episodes that were mentioned, uh, were missing. I was able to go back in behind the scenes and hopefully get those working. It seems like I was. No one has complained about it since, or not complained. No one has brought it to my attention since. But I am missing a few episodes. Now, Jimmy in Georgia, who's actually in Missouri, was actually kind enough to get to me episodes 1 through 10. Those have all, I think, been uploaded and are available now. Um, and um, But I don't have episode 51 and I don't have episode 196. So if you have access to episode 51 or episode 196, maybe somewhere on a hard drive or something, if you could uh, shoot that to me at geekoutonline at gmail.com, I'd really appreciate it. And we can get these things uh, pretty much complete. I think that'll 
finish out the the Geek Out Loud archives, maybe. If you are going back through, as some of you sometimes do, and you find that there are some episodes that still aren't downloading properly or missing, uh, shoot me an email at geekoutonline at gmail.com. Hit me up on the Facebook group or um, or on Instagram at Real Geek Out Loud there. Uh, Geek Out Loud, we talked about the Patreon and everything, but Geek Out Loud is also brought to you by Collagen from Modere. Uh, this is an interesting thing because it's one of those things that I never thought I would be partaking in or doing, but my wife is, uh, super duper into, uh, health and being healthy and living her best life based on being as natural as possible. And in this case, uh, she has been turned on to and began and, and begun promoting, uh, collagen, uh, collagen by Modere specifically. This is collagen that is sourced uh in in the best way possible it is the most uh it's the best uh you're going to find on the market and they do a lot of things uh with it from uh just the collagen you would take uh, just two tablespoons a day really is what you're looking at taking one in the morning one in the night and uh there's some different levels of it i say levels but the, for different things some is meant to to trim some is meant for uh, to help recovery, like with sportiness and that sort of thing. Um, in fact, we know a runner who has been running for years and years and years who began to have some knee issues and, um, and nothing serious, but just some pain and stuff that was taking place as, as years of wear and tear will do. She started taking the collagen and absolutely swears by it and says that the, the, the pain in her knee has, has lightened up and that sort of thing. So, um, so check it out. It, it's going to be one of those things that you're doing. You've got to realize that you're doing it for yourself and for your health. Modere has all kinds of other products and things going on, and they've got some Black Friday sales coming up that you want to be a part of. You want to find out what's going on with that. So go ahead and get in on this thing. And the best way to do it is by going over to Instagram and checking out Haley Glosson, H-A-Y-L-E-Y, uh, Glosson, that's G-L-O-S-S-O-N. I do know how to spell that for sure. On Instagram, she has a lot of information there, and you can reach out to her, and uh, and she'll she'll try to get you hooked up there. Uh, she'll give you a, a link for I think it's like ten bucks off um, your first order, but I know there's some more stuff as we say uh, coming up in uh, towards as the month wears on for like Black Friday deals and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know what the kind of collagen I take is that she gives me. I forget what it's called, but it's very fruity, juicy, and everything, and it's got a tang to it. Look, it's got a little wang on it, so to speak. But um, but I have noticed with that and some other supplements that come from Modere um, that I've always, uh, for years now, I've had back pain and, and pain that will shoot right on down the leg. And what I have discovered is, is that when I'm on this stuff consistently, um, that that pain really has tapered off and it takes longer for it to kick in when I'm, when I'm on my feet and everything. There's nothing fully wrong with me that losing about 150 pounds wouldn't fix. And so, and we're working on that, which there's a story about that a little bit later on. Um, but, uh, but, but I, I just wanted Haley Glosson on Instagram. That's H-A-Y-L-E-Y. So spell it right. H-A-Y-L-E-Y-G-L-O-S-S-O-N. Reach out to her and, uh, and check out what she's got. And, um, and I think you'll enjoy it if you're, if you're able to get in on that. So, uh, collagen by Modere check it out all right so um andor this has to do with jimmy mac calling me out on the on the rfr this has to do with andor i'm slowly catching up because man i now look this is one of those things we just got through talking to cody murphy via his email and he talked about the power ranger phantom not being so toxic i'm tired of the word toxic being thrown around 
You just have mean people and stupid people everywhere. It's and, and the thing is, with Star Wars, if someone loves something in Star Wars, a lot of times they take it personally if you don't. And if someone doesn't like something in Star Wars, they take it personally if you do like it. And I don't understand. I mean, on, on one hand, I understand that level of ownership of something that you've not created because I've invested time, so much time in my life to to this this franchise probably too much like when i really sit and think about it you know the time spent thinking the money spent you know chasing down collectibles and and that sort of thing maybe i've spent a little too much time considering star wars but it's just one of those things that you know was always there like a warm blanket for for like so long in my life and can i let me just hmm, yeah let me just continue and say this that's where i think that newer fans have to give the OG fans some grace because for for fans like myself, I'm 45 years old. I'm as old as Star Wars is. And I don't remember a time in my life where Star Wars wasn't there. And Star Wars has been a thing that, honestly, it's been like comfort food for so very long. And Let's talk about comfort food. Let's talk about the ultimate comfort food. Let's talk about macaroni and cheese. Let's talk about great, really good, and I don't mean craft macaroni and cheese out of the box, which, they, listen, by the way, can we stop giving the blue box, like like turning our nose up at it? There's nothing wrong with that. It is, it'll get you through in a pinch, but there's nothing like good homemade mac and cheese where you shred the cheese yourself you don't go buy shredded cheese but like you take the time to shred the cheese yourself and you make yourself a bechamel and a roux and a roux and a bechamel sauce that you start throwing that cheese in you've got the noodles boiled just like you like it and you mix that cheese sauce in there and it's all seasoned just right and then you you tap it off with some uh shredded cheese in the pan you throw it in the oven you let it get all good and and golden brown and crispy and melty and everything and oh it just doesn't get better than that. Macaroni and cheese. Now, when people start messing around with macaroni and cheese, <clears throat> when they're like, you know, they try to make it, uh, can I use the word bougie? They try, <laughs> that doesn't sound right coming out of my life. Bougie. They try to make it all fancy, like this is our lobster mac and cheese. Okay, so you took some chunks of lobster and put in here, and now you're charging me 30 bucks for a small little dish of it? I just want mac and cheese, man. Or when they're like, this is our ultra creamy mac and cheese. And it's just swimming in a bowl of like, it's like they took the blue box and they doubled the recipe of the sauce, but left the same amount of noodles. Or, you know, they're like, this is our spinach anchovy mac and cheese. And you're with spinach and anchovies. What in the world? And, and it's just like, stop messing with what is perfection already. What is just right. When it's just right, it's just right. Now, there may be different ways you prepare. Some people use eggs as a binder in their baked macaroni and cheese. Some people like to put breadcrumbs on top, you know. I'm pretty much just a straight, you know, saucy and cheese man. Um, but that that's neither here nor there. The point is, is like when you take what is comfort food and has been comfort food for so long, and you start to kind of add to it and dress it up and everything, there are going to be people who just want the comfort that they've always known. And they're going to be a little miffed that you tried to mess with the comfort food. And you know what? Here's the thing. As long as they're not taking that comfort food and slinging it in your face and, you know, and burning you with scalding cheese sauce, uh, you know, scalding hot cheese sauce, 
That's fine. But, and, and honestly, in a lot of ways, that's what's happened to, um, to Star Wars is because of what's come of Star Wars, it's become this thing where for those of us who has always been comfort for, you know, kind of comfort food of entertainment, it, it's now like, hey, what are y'all doing? What are you doing to my, why are you putting, you know, at first it's like, ooh, you're putting bacon in the mac and cheese. That's amazing. Ooh, yeah, that's great. That's great. Hey. Hey, why are you cutting up potatoes and putting in there? It's already kind of starchy enough. Hey, what do you... Okay, five cheeses, I get it. That's I guess that's okay. Why are you putting... Why is there kale in the mac and cheese all of a sudden? What? Why, why are you putting... I don't understand. Why are you putting goat meat in the mac and cheese? You know, why, what, are, what are we doing here? What are, why are we, why, why is this taking place? I don't need hot sauce in the mac and cheese. That's going to be a nice side thing for you if you want to sprinkle it on your own. Okay. And so, and so I think that's kind of what's happening with some people. But anyhow, so Andor has been this, this thing. I watched the first four episodes, I think, and I just wasn't, it didn't move. Nothing happened. And there's these characters that I don't know and I don't care about. And people were saying like, oh, they're doing a great job of building this universe. The universe is built. The The universe has been, the universe has been built. We don't need anyone to build the universe. Well, it's an incredible world building. No, it's not. There's some things, and listen, and Tony Gilroy is doing stuff that is, he's intentionally in some ways trolling the fans and he's intentionally doing things to try to make it not star wars i feel like what happened is is tony gilroy had this story in this in this idea for a for a television show that uh had nothing to do with star wars and then he's like oh i can plug star wars into this and it'd be awesome and that's why he's like you're not going to see any droids any familiar droids or aliens or blah 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 that's not that's neither here nor, fine fine you don't want to put familiar droids and aliens fine that's your business man you do you but don't hand me something that ain't Star Wars and tell me it's Star Wars just because you slapped a Star Wars character in there. I don't believe they started with Cassie Nandor's backstory and said, let's do this. I think they started with some rando show about some guy who's looking for his sister and um, falls in, in, in league with the wrong crowd and, and is a bit of a, and is a bit of a thief and a robber and, and is looking for something and he gets into and he gets into heist with all these other people. I think this started as something completely earthbound and they decided we can squeeze Star Wars into this if we play our cards just right. And they did. I really think that's what went down. I think it was meant to be like a period piece taking place in Russia or some such, you know. And um <clears throat> and so and, and they because that's how that's how it plays like. And the thing is, is I don't understand I don't understand um what you know why why it's bad for me not to like it okay but i also am looking at it and i'm like if i can't remember the names of these characters who is you know the and so anyway let me just let me just back up i'm getting a little too too mean about it i know i just look i'm i've called i'm slowly catching up i saw them pull off a heist and then everybody got killed during the heist you know except a couple of our main players. And so, and I thought when that happened, I'm like, well, this is sequel era Star Wars right here for sure. I know it doesn't happen in the timeline in the sequel era, 
but it's the sequel era of Star Wars making is what I'm saying because you think about it ever since they bought ever since Disney bought Star Wars everybody has died in everything think about this solo everybody but Han and Solo and Chewie basically die everybody that great moment and I mean they, there was some there was a cool character or two in there too now let's just kill him off in the first 10 minutes of this thing once he gets going um everybody in Rogue One spoiler alert Cassie Andor is safe in this move in this in this uh, in this series until you know he's safe until he dies on the beach in Rogue One, um, and everyone in the sequel trilogy, Han died, Leia died, Luke died, Akbar died, you know everybody died, uh, uh, tons of uh, New Republic people died. We don't care about them because we never got to know them there on the Hosnian system. Maz Kanata is probably dead somewhere. We don't know because, good Lord, let's just abandon that character that was actually one of the neater things that come out of The Force Awakens. They love to kill people in the sequel trilogy era. I mean, and and I know, you know, you can say, well, hey, Boba Fett, there ain't a lot of people died in Boba Fett. Not a lot of people died in Boba Fett. No, they didn't. Not a lot of people died in, uh, in, in, in Mandalorian so far. They will. They will. I hate to break it to you. Groku is not long for this world. Obi-Wan Kenobi series. How many people died in that? I'm sorry, that Grand Inquisitor should have died because he's not the Grand Inquisitor that we all know and love. Didn't even have a similar voice. I mean, Uncle Fester didn't even sound like the Grand Inquisitor. Like, didn't even he didn't even try to sound like the Grand Inquisitor that ha that shows up in Rebels. And by the way, based on the timeline, this happens just before Rebels. So, so Grand Inquisitor... Is showing up sounding a lot. He doesn't sound so much like, oh, I'm a terrible law. Did you think I was not dead? Or did you think I was alive? Or did you think I was dead? I forget what he actually said when she's kind of, when Vader fails to kill her for the second time. Did you really think I was dead? You know, and it's like when you flip over to Rebels, man, he sounds more sinister. He looks more sinister. I'm sorry. I got off track again. Andor. So here's the thing. <laughs> I'm catching up, but the only reason I'm catching up is because the gauntlet was thrown down on uh, RFR for me to do a parody song involving some prison on Andor or and a Johnny Cash song. So um, let me just say this: they have they have closed they have closed the 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 office for submissions unless apparently unless I send one in. So I'm going to tell you, dear Geek Out Loud listener, I'm sending one in. I'm sending one in. And it may just be about the Death Star prison, not some prison in Andor. It may be original trilogy centric. So there you go. Texas Cow Patty says, uh, Andor is the Star Wars this 52-year-old has been yearning for. I'll tell you what. I'll address that statement in a moment because I'm glad you're enjoying it. And I don't want to tear down. I don't want to overly tear it down and ruin your enjoyment of it. Uh, this is this Star Wars is some of this 45 year old has not really enjoyed. Um, but Tales of the Jedi, though, I'll tell you this. Now, the Ahsoka's baby or Ahsoka as a baby episode, that seemed a little bit um, self-indulgent for Dave Filoni to do that episode. Obviously, Ahsoka is his character he loves her and wants to spend as much time with her as he can in, in storytelling. Um, but I enjoyed it, you know, as I enjoyed the, the rest of the episodes. 
I really thought it was uh, uh, neatly done in as much as we kind of jumped through the timeline of the prequels um, with, with right, I mean, right through the death of Qui-Gon. Like, I, I thought it was just fantastic. That episode of Yaddle dying, and Yaddle's death was brutal. But I thought really the idea of of getting to see Dooku's descent just really worked, and it and it and it kind of enhances some other things that have been done in the expanded universe since. Um, right to the last episode with Ahsoka going on, you know, becoming Fulcrum basically, which plays into the Rebels series, and you know, and, I, and a lot of people loved what went on in Rebels, and I'm one of them. I loved what went on in in Rebels, so. Oh, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Yaddle died. Um, but I, I think when you when you see those that Tales of the Jedi series, it it's just a neat way of telling some stories. They're all short, they're good, they're compelling, and the Dooku descent was was really, really, really interesting to me. And the music, Kevin Connor's music was great. They've kind of broken away from being so bound to a John Williams style. Um, and, and, and I think if anything, all of these different properties, having the different composers and everything that it's done, it's been kind of nice to, it hadn't been nice to get away from John Williams music. How do I want to say this? It, you can tell they're, they feel freer to be away from the John Williams music now. And you can tell that, and, and it, and you don't feel as suffocated without it anymore, I should say. And so that when John Williams' music does swell up, it is just such a great moment and feeling to hear his score again for Star Wars. But I, I, I thought Tales of the Jedi was really, really good. I really enjoyed what they did. Um, obviously, it was in that Clone Wars style. Uh, there were I, I like some of the overlapping of things that we saw. Um, in 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 the movies and in other things so i really thought that was that was great um <laughs> dave atterbury says i tell you what i love this era of star wars because i don't have to love it all and i will try every flavor of this mac and cheese because i have no willpower and now i'm hungry well listen last time we talked about superheroes on the show and 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 what is happening with the superhero genre as far as the movies go and and i think it's fair to kind of have the same discussion about Star Wars in the same way because Star Wars really has become its own genre. It it, it never was fully sci-fi and it never was fully fantasy. It was space opera instead of soap opera. It was uh, it was it was a it was a modern mythology and you know Shaz and I have talked about this on the old Forceology episodes that are still available at Patreon. Um, but has it? And I guess my question is: as I'm looking at this, because remember, I want to go back to what I said about comfort food. Has it gotten too big? Is is there too much? And and you can say, well, no, there's not. There's never enough Star Wars. It's never too big. I don't know. I I think that it's worth a discussion to kind of think about. Have has Star Wars gotten too big? One of the things I loved about Star Wars in the '90s, when uh, all the novels and stuff started coming out, is you could go to a Walden Books or a or B Dalton Bookseller or any other you know bookstore, and you could go to where the Star Wars books were, and there was a little row of Star Wars books. And then you looked over at the Star Trek books, and it was like a whole wall of Star Trek books. You're like, <laughs> nerds. You know, I mean, that's really kind of the, it was, it was really that thing of like, wow, there's still, 
and and it felt for the longest time it felt really special when a star wars novel would drop and then that started to go away as you know it became a business and ultimately it is show business it's not you know as much as they want as much as the people involved want to entertain you and want you to enjoy what's put out there it's still a business and if something's profitable they're going to squeeze it for every cent they can get nothing wrong with that do it you know but there was something even then about the independent spirit of star wars because it came out of an independent film company don't ever let it be lost on you that the clone wars movie was not distributed by fox it was distributed by warner brothers what does that mean what is what's the big deal there well the big deal there is is that Fox didn't want to distribute it. So Lucas was able, because it was his, to take it somewhere else. And that independent spirit that began way back in the 1970s, you know, because Lucas had to change, what, five minutes of THX 1138 or five, I think it was five minutes of American Graffiti. He's like, never again. I'm not going to fix my, I'm not going to change my uh, movies for the studio ever again. And, um, Yeah, it never, it, it stayed that, it had that independent spirit. No one would have done Empire the way that Lucas did Empire. And I dare say no one would have done Return of the Jedi. You know, I don't think that, I think that in a studio system, Return of the Jedi would have been just a retelling again of, and I and, and I guess there, there are people that make the argument, well, was it a retelling of Star Wars? No, it wasn't. It was a culmination of a story. But when you look at other movie sequels and other movie franchises and their sequels, you can see that, things progressively got worse because they were just kind of trying to rehash or redo that which has already been done. And I think of Jaws. I think of Superman. You know, those are franchises that started super strong and just progressively lessened, you know. Um, and 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 Star Wars didn't do that. There were people that would say it did, but I, I don't believe Star Wars actually did that. I think that Star Wars stayed the course from what it had been. And it and and Lucas subverted expectations before that was even a thing to do because when you look at Empire Strikes Back, you start with a big battle, and the middle kind of is a lull. You know, you're learning and you're meeting new characters and Yoda or a new character in Yoda, and you're seeing some things and the bounty hunters and there's a chase through the asteroid field and everything, but it generally there's not a lot that goes on, and the bad guys kind of win in the end, and it's and it and. And I, and I never thought of it as being like dark or depressing, but it did not end with they lived happily ever after. It, it ended with we'll meet you on Tatooine and try to and try to rescue Han. And, you know, Luke's got his hand cut off and he hasn't completed his training and is Darth Vader his father? You know, it ended with some questions and there's not a lot of franchises that would have necessarily done that. So I don't know. I, 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 there was also the idea then that there was a lull between the movies. And and this was more about the, the the prequel era when you know we had, you know, a couple of years in between each film to discuss it and to wonder and to speculate and everything. I as a kid, I wasn't thinking, well, when will the next movie be? I was just, you know, having fun playing with the toys and going on adventures with them and that sort of thing. So and then you had the comics you could read, and there were a few books that were published back then, and 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 so I don't know. I just I wonder now if because of the money making machine that Disney hoped it would be, that if Star Wars hasn't gotten a little too big. 
and I'm not trying to be old fogey here. I'm just saying like, you know, it, it's just one of those things. It, it's, I, you know, I said a long time ago that Star Wars, I grew up with Star Wars, but Star Wars didn't grow up with me. And because one of the big, you know, that was some of the complaints of the prequels and even the Clone Wars is like, oh, it's so childish. It's so, you know, I don't even know what I want. Because all of us who grew up with Star Wars, we continue to make fiction in our head about where these characters would go and what they would do. And unfortunately, when we got a grown up Star Wars, a somewhat grown up Star Wars in The Force Awakens, it wasn't fun. Han and Leia's relationship didn't last. It kind of exploded on itself and, and their kid had gone to the dark side and Luke was off hiding somewhere. And, and then, you, you know, it just persists in getting worse and worse and worse until the Emperor's back. And so it's like, good Lord, if this is grown up Star Wars, I don't want grown up Star Wars. I want the Star Wars that fired my imagination as a kid. And I want the Star Wars that didn't grow up with me because I think what has happened and this was a concern I had when when Disney purchased it. You know, the independent spirit's kind of gone, but I feel like Star Wars now is trying to grow up for all of us grown-up Star Wars fans, and I think that may be a mistake. I do. I really do think that may be a mistake. Um, because what Star Wars is doing right now is it's acting like that young adult that thinks they're a little more adulting than they are you know they think they know more than they really do like they're just kind of fresh out of college and maybe they've had a little success in their first job or maybe they got burned in a job and you know they feel like they're they, they're world weary now and have learned everything they need to learn and you can't tell them anything you know they're 25 and you can't tell them anything i was there you were there if you're if you're my age we've all been there if we're if we've got a little age on us and and i feel like that's where star wars is now it's that 25 year old that you can't really tell anything to because they know the best they know better than you and they know everything they've got their life figured out and they know what's going on and, and i feel like that's where star wars is i think it's still got some figuring itself out to do because when you watch a show like andor and it's so divide it, it it really is to me i think it's amazing all you have to do is look back through since the force awakens and see what has been divisive in the fan community and what the fan community has pretty much united and cheered about and i think you'll find that there is a common ground among a lot of fans and that common ground is the high adventure of Star Wars, the 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 mytho the the broad strokes mythology of Star Wars, the 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 morality tale of of Star Wars from a spiritual sense of the Force and that sort of thing. I I will never forget the 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 joy that you could feel in fandom in the in the season finale of Mandalorian, uh, the second season of Mandalorian. When, you know, and, and, I, and I said it like this, it was as if a million voices suddenly cried out in rejoicing, it's Luke. It was the same reaction from so many fans as, uh, as, that, ele as that elevator opened, off, opened up and, and, and this individual stepped out and they gave you a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And then you just realized when you saw the hand, it's Luke. It's Luke, you know, you hoped and you went and they gave Luke his his Darth Vader from Rogue One moment. You know, Darth Vader in Rogue One was a moment that I think all fans generally were like, this is amazing. This is what we wanted from Darth Vader. It's interesting to see what the fans have rallied around and what has split them right down the middle. And <clears throat> and so I don't know. I think Andor had a lot of potential in it. 
and it still does, but it just lacks the fun of Star Wars. Now, I don't need quippy, everything's a joke, everything is... Because honestly, though Star Wars was funny, it wasn't everything's a joke and everything's a laugh a minute. That was never Star Wars. But we we it was there were jokes and, and there was a little bit of fun to it. That's not in Andor. You know, and especially knowing where Andor's headed, like at least make this guy a little likable. He hasn't been likable in this in this show to me. Again, I think it's it's young adult Star Wars. It's Star Wars that that thinks it knows more than it does. It's Star Wars that got some figuring itself out to do. But ultimately, ultimately back to the um back to the comfort food analogy. It's become a bit of a buffet. And you can eat what you want and skip the stuff you don't. And that's okay. You never go to Golden Corral and look at someone and be like, "Hey, why aren't you having fried chicken?" Fried chicken's good. You should eat the fried chicken. You know, it, there's a Golden Corral commercial right now where the guy's like, we came to Golden Crown. All you got was ham. All you got was turkey. And his mom's like, with gravy. You know, you don't really fuss at anyone about what they didn't, um, didn't do. You know, you, you don't, you don't fuss at them about what they don't eat at some stranger where they didn't eat a buffet. So let's not fuss at strangers about what they do eat or what they don't eat at the buffet of Star Wars. But let's also, when someone says, I don't like the Golden Corral fried chicken, let's not beat them over the head, you know? Let's not beat someone up for saying, I'm not a big fan of the salad bar. Let's just say, well, don't eat the salad bar and, and let's move on. But let's also give them, if they've tried the salad bar, let's hear them out and see what they think. And then let's have a discussion about, well, you know what? Maybe there could be some cherry tomatoes on the salad bar. Maybe they should have offer some bacon bits. Maybe they should offer some croutons because who doesn't love a big toasty crouton? Just saying. <laughs> That's Star Wars. That's where I'm at with Star Wars right now. I, but I am, I think I'm going to try to rise to the challenge. I just need to see the rest of the show and see what's going on with it and, and see kind of um, what, uh, what the deal is so that I can, you know, maybe write some clever lyrics that they they want me to write. And the other thing is, is like Jason's like, well, Steve's got that great, you know, Tennessee tenor voice. And he, I, I don't think he can. Jason basically said, I can't do Johnny Cash. Well, challenge accepted, my man. We'll take one more break. When we come back, a little bit of toy talk, a little bit of big honking show action, a couple of stories from you, uh, and one really interesting story from Brian Kent, and another one from back in April that is worth our attention. We'll be back after this on Geek Out Loud.
Whether you need to travel for a necessity or just to enjoy getting away, taking a trip has never been more affordable. For our 425 rooms to mark our 40th anniversary of being named the best hotel in the area, the Grand is locked in on our new low rate. Our vintage hotel with the same furniture and decorations from the 70s, with our free continental breakfast and accompanied oversized swimming pool and hot tub, we're the home of the famous floating sausage. We know you'll love it. Just listen to these satisfied customers. So romantic with the smell of the bacon and the egg and the chlorine. I love America. Hey, listen, I'm staying at the Grand. They've got a great breakfast buffet. <laughs> you can sit right there in the hot tub yeah. and have your breakfast and listen to some good quality music. This holiday season, if you're looking for a 1972 look, feel, and price, look no further than the Grand. Does this sound like you when dealing with your loved ones? Don't forget you, old man. You're going to die soon. Tired of constantly being criticized by the senior citizens in your life? You don't have much of a voice for radio. Do you feel like you've run out of solutions? It's not working. Then Better Homes for Seniors might just be the place you're looking for. At BHS, we don't allow a life full of accomplishments to be an excuse for laziness. Number one, get your own energy drink and pop it open yourself. Are you so lazy you can't pop your own drink? And two, why can't you pour your own cereal? We'll even help your loved one find a job in today's multicultural workforce. Von Haben we Annie in Zier Mui Dagkunen Vizorgen. So you go work at McDonald's. You go get a you go get a menial labor job and you work. And at the end of the day, we'll treat them just like they were our own family. I'll cook it. I'll clean it. I will wash it. Show them the love they deserve. Kiss her while she slept. BHS when they're just a burden. Are you fed up with those annoying Bigfoot? This thing was 10 foot tall. He had beautiful hair. Just thought he was going to kill my little dog. Save time and money with Sasquatch Stick. The Sasquatch Stick is a revolutionary device that rids your property of those problem Bigfoot. I come out here and rough talk him and run him off. Our product's been successfully used by tens of thousands of people and been positively reviewed on nationwide news programs. I go up here, this stick, he was standing right there. And I said, get away from here. Get. Get. If you're not 100% satisfied, you'll get your money back guaranteed. Works on most mythic beasts, real or imagined. And he went right back out that path again. Others may cost you $100, but for four easy payments of $19.95, the Sasquatch chick can be yours. Limited time offer, not available in stores. Welcome back, Geek Out Loud. Here we go. We've got a lot to talk about here. First of all, I just want to say this. Galactus has arrived. Galactus uh, showed up last week. Um, 
and it he is big he's a big old boy i am going to post some pictures that we snapped i had a good friend lucas uh aka lethargic chewy come over and we unboxed him and uh, set up a few things and took a couple of pictures and i haven't put those on the instagram yet i was asked on the facebook group the guardians of the goldiverse group if i was going to uh do a video and quite frankly right now my office space is such a wreck in such disarray that i haven't had a chance uh, that i uh, that i don't have anywhere to actually put him up to do a proper video with him but i want to and uh so that will happen at some point but it'll be after all the hype of him arriving at people's houses has died down i will say this it is there <sighs> I was having buyer's regret, you know, because it's like, oh, I just spent a lot of money on this big old piece of plastic, blah, 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 yaggity schmaggity, blah, blah. And, and what am I doing? You know, I'm a grown man. This is ridiculous. I, I should not have done this and et cetera, et cetera, and what have you. And, and, and then he showed up and we opened him up and, and I was just like, well, hello there. <laughs> You're pretty awesome. So I'm really, I, there's no buyer's regret at this point. Um, I will, I'll tell you what, while we're live on the air at mixer.com slash Gulliver's, I'll go to the Real Geek Out Loud Instagram. That's Real Geek Out Loud on Instagram. Uh, Geek Out Loud was taken, but Real Geek Out Loud on Instagram. I did, I think, post one picture of him in front of the box. Um the, and so, but that doesn't really show you his size, but it just kind of gives you a, an idea of him with the with the box as a backdrop. I'm going to post another one right now, and um, and, and it's one I took of him with some other figures round about. So let me pull up Instagram post. Let me find the actual thing here. Um, let's see, that's that one. Let's do that one. Uh, yeah, this is him with the heralds that I have of him. Silver Surfer that came with him. Uh, Frankie Ray Nova that came with him. Morg that came with him. And then Fire Lord is also there uh, flying about uh, his personage. So I'm going to hit next there and write a caption. Uh, what should the caption be for the uh, Galactus with his uh, heralds? Um, <clears throat> what should the caption, I'm going to ask the chat now, what should the caption be? Chat, I'm going to put chat generated caption colon, and let's, let's do it. So give me, give me, let's do one word at a time. Just put in one word that you think should be in the caption, and I will put these words in, in the order that you say them up to 10 words. So we're waiting on the chat for a caption right now. I will say this Galactus is really amazing. Um, Shaz says he missed, he hates, he missed the, the cell barge. I hate that I missed the cell barge as well. Um, I, I think that that's one of those things that, um, of course at the time I didn't have the money to do it. And, and I did have, I think when they did that first Haslam, I actually did have the space, but unbeknownst to me, I would be getting married soon, you know, not long after that Haslab went up, came and went, but, um, but I, I, uh, I, I do hate that I miss out. Of course, I would have nowhere to put it. That's that's the thing. So the chat's not generating a caption. I thought this would be fun to do, you know, one word at a time, and just whatever random words come out, I was just going to stick on here on the caption. So uh, anytime you guys want to help out with a 
chat generated caption for a real geek out loud post. And this could be something we do regular. This will be a new regular feature on the show. Chat generated captions. And I will do uh, an Instagram post uh, on on the show and you can tell me what it is. So, all right. The first word is glorious. Glorious look. <laughs> I like it so far. Up to 10 words. But this will be a this will be a regular segment. And so you can go back and look at the weird uh, chat-generated caption um, from the show. And, uh, and, and, and we will... And you can say, hey, I took part in that. So I'm going to put live chat. Generated caption, Galactose. Okay, Galactose. Great. Glorious. Look, Galactose. <laughs> intolerant. Yep, that, I knew that was coming. The glorious. Look, Galactose intolerant. The Galactations. Yep, Galactose. The Galactations. Yep. Galactose. All right. <laughs> Galaximus. Galaximus. One, two, three, four, five, six. The Galactations. Gotta get that right. The Galactations. Yep, Galactose. Galaximus. Tried to get. Tried to get. Done. Thank you all. I'm hitting OK. And tagging people. Um can't do that but i will just rock and roll and say share it is now shorn to all the people real geek out loud <clears throat> galudius galaximus <laughs> he is big he is really cool so check that out over on um on real geek out loud on the instagram and uh and and i will not regret you having done so speaking of galactus if you've never read his initial coming, he had shorts on back in the day uh, when he first showed up. I believe he he wore some shorty pants and had a big G on his belt. But so that's worth that's worth you checking out. You know, every now and again, what we like to do on the show is uh, check out a little bit of what's happening um, in the news, Big Honkin Show style, and uh, and I figured today would be no different. Now, one of the things that we do really enjoy doing is celebrating the triumph of the human spirit over all manner of adversity. And, of course, we call that our... Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. You know what I should do first? Let's see if this will... I don't know which one this is. Grab your sleeping bags and your Pop-Tarts, because it's time for The Big Honkin' Show. Me gusta la honkin' glan espectacular mucho. I like The Big Honkin' Show a lot. <laughs> Sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself on this fine Saturday morning because it's time for the Big Hawkins Show. And now your host. Now that's not really that's Chris in Boston back in the day doing the Big Honkin Show intro. Uh, it's not really Saturday morning, of course, as you know anymore. Uh, that's the earliest one, but it's good times. Um, <clears throat> so we like to triumph. We like to celebrate the triumph of the human spirit over all manner of adversity. We call it our real life superhero. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought I could feel so free. Flying away on a wing and a prayer. Who could it be? 
Here we go. Racine, Wisconsin. A nine-year-old elementary school student in Wisconsin may have saved the life of a classmate by performing the Heimlich maneuver on her as she choked on food, authorities said. S.C. Collier, a fourth grader at Racine's Frat Elementary School, noticed one of her classmates was in distress during lunch Tuesday. Students were eating in a classroom because the lunchroom had been cleared out so residents could vote. Teacher Samantha Bradshaw said Essie wrapped her arms around the student and began performing the Heimlich. Her classmate's airway was cleared, and within seconds, the girl was breathing fine. I've never seen a student react that way before, Bradshaw said. Essie said that she learned the technique two years earlier from a YouTube instructional video when she was seven, and that lesson stayed with her. <laughs> Bless her heart. The Racine Unified School Board plans to honor Essie at a board meeting in late November for her heroics. Well done, Essie. Essie Collier. Fourth grader at Racine's right now. Listen, I don't want to. I don't want to cause any controversy here. I don't want to give anyone a hard time, but it's not lost on me that um, that poor old Ellie had to do this, and the teacher absolutely missed the fact that this child was choking. Ellie's like, I just looked over there. Now, also two years ago, she saw this on a YouTube thing. Do you think she's just been walking around like hoping to get someone the high? I'm like. I mean, do you think, like, Essie has been on high alert just waiting on someone to choke. Now, also, come to find out, the kid wasn't choking. She was scratching her neck, and Essie just sprung into action. She said, I, I will save you. Do not die. You're not going to die on me today. And she grabbed her and just wrapped her up and just, hoo -yah -yah. and, of course, the kids loved it when the food went spewing out across the room. A good time was had by all. Bless Essie Collar. Listen. She has won the day. She is indeed a real-life superhero. That's not right. That's not right. That's not what we played. She is a real-life superhero. Essie Collier, superhero. Yeah, Essie Collier. Essie Collier. Take it home. Here we go. Good times had by all. So be careful. Don't scratch your neck or anything around Essie because she'll think you are choking. Now, this is one of those deals where you can't help but just not be surprised as to where this particular uh, incident took place. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Easy for me to say. Security officers at a South Florida airport have reported finding a handgun mm -hmm, mm -hmm, hidden inside a raw chicken packed in the traveler's luggage. Got questions. The Transportation Security Administration, also known as the TSA, posted photos of the gun and poultry Monday on its official Instagram account. The gun and the poultry, by the way. The weapon was recovered at the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. The post didn't identify the traveler who was transporting the weapon or whether any arrests were made. I bet they were. 
According to the TSA, fresh meat, seafood, and other non-liquid food items are permitted in both carry-on and check baggage or bags as long as they are packed in ice. Unloaded firearms are allowed to be transported in check bags, but they must be declared at the ticket counter and packed in a hard lock uh, uh, in a locked hard-sided container. Gotcha. Thank you, TSA. So you can bring fresh meat and seafood with you. Um, it, you can check that stuff, or you can have it on board with you. In this case, they had a chicken with a gun in it, a, a raw chicken with a salmonella gun. It is, it is a full chicken. It's not like they took a chicken breast and tried to, you know, split the breast and, and tuck a gun inside there. It's literally a gun stuck into the cavity of a chicken. <laughs> Only in Florida, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, glad I got my flip phone. Um, why? I mean, like the, the first question that comes to mind is, 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 is why? Why would you do such a thing? You know, and, and who, someone thought they were being sharp. I tell you what, I'm, I'll tell you how I'll get this gun through. I'm going to stuff it in chicken because the x-ray won't catch it if it's stuffed in a chicken. Metal detector can't detect the metal. Think about this. Think about this. My granddaddy's got a pacemaker and he goes through metal detectors all the time and it never sets them off. I can stick this gun up this chicken's rear end and, and, and put it in my bag. And they'll be like, hey, you can take this raw chicken on there as long as it's on ice. And they'll never see the gun. And I'll be and they'll be none the wiser. But I'm gonna have my gun with me when I get on that plane. Cause I'm not leaving this town without a gun. Put it up a chicken's rear end. <laughs> and I carried it with me. Because I because I need my gun with me when I go places. And a chicken. Also, I need a chicken. I'd like a chicken <laughs> with a gun up its rear end. Mm, who wants to handle the gun after it's been inside a chicken that's not on ice, by the way? Salmonella City. You know, they always tell you, wash your hands after you handle raw chicken. And, you know, so what do you wash your hands after you've handled a gun that's in the middle of raw chicken? Do you wash the gun? Do you just spray it down with the hand sanitizer? You know, will the gun still work once you pull it out? I don't know. These are questions I have. The big question is, why was the decision made to smuggle it in a chicken? That's the biggest question. Chicken gun. Isn't there a song by, by Kiss called Chicken Gun? <laughs> Scott's in bed now. It's too late for Scott. Scott's our Scott's our resident Kiss fan. Scott's our he's there's not chicken gun. My bag uh, gets checked almost every time. This is from Real Angie. I can't imagine thinking I could put a gun in a chicken and just go about my day. I feel like there's some head up a chicken's butt Tommy Boy joke somewhere, but dang it, I could find it. Hey, you can stick your gun up a chicken's butt, but I'd rather just take the egg's word for it. There you go. How about that? There's your Tommy Boy joke with that. Uh, let's see. Oh, um, my wife wanted me to tell y'all this, and I'm kind of embarrassed to tell this story, but I will, um, because it's very, it's one of those things that, um, look, it's one of those things, put it in the only happens to Steve category. So unfortunately, um, a couple of weeks back, we had to say goodbye to my wife's dog of eight and a half years. 
His name was Zari. Um, he could sometimes be heard on the podcast because whenever I came in this room, Zari liked to come in here. I don't know why, but like he would not let me be in this room alone. If he knew I was in here, he had to come in here. And so we had a little pillow in here and he would sit, but then he would decide that he no longer wanted to be in here. So he would, um, he would get up and start walking around his little jingle jangle collar would make noise. And I'd be like, have to text him, get him out of here. He's making too much noise on the podcast. This is a professional, this is a professional recording. Um, and, uh, but unfortunately he, he was just old and it was time to, to say goodbye. And, and we did, and it was sad and it was really, really sad. And it was a sad few, several days and, and, you know, and you still feel the kind of the loss there. And, and, uh, and, and, and of course my wife had him longer than I did. Um, and so, you know, she's really been missing him and everything. Well, uh, we took him, of course, to to say goodbye, and we did, and, and it was sad. And then came the moment uh, several days later where we had to go and, and pick up the, the remains of, of him. And, um, and, 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 you know, we, th there were options, you know, and, and it, an option I never thought that I would choose is to pay to have a dog, you know, cremated and go pick up his ashes and then decide to do something with his ashes. Um, but the other options were bring him home, you know, bring the body home and bury it. And, and my wife didn't want to do that. And I understood that. And, or they, we could just send them on to be cremated with other pets and, and they do a mass service at uh, the river and spread all the animals ashes over the river there. And I told my wife at that point, I said, if we're not going to bring him home to bury him properly, we're also not going to have him be in mingled in with a bunch of other animals that he never knew and have his ashes scattered at a place he never went. We're not doing that. We'll just pay the money. It's something I never thought I would say we'll pay to have this done. So now, first of all, we didn't have the best experience and it's a weird thing to say. Didn't have a great experience when we went to go have the dog put to sleep, but we didn't, we walked in and, and the, and the young ladies behind the counter were kind of a little, they knew why we were there, but they were a little too laughy and a little too friendly. You know, here we are having to say goodbye to a good friend and, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, you know, a pet and, and a loved one basically. And, um, and they were laughing and everything. And then, and it seemed like everyone was just going on. I don't know. You never want people just going like business as usual. You want them to understand that this is a, this is a sad, sorry time and, and have a little respect. So they didn't. And we felt kind of slighted by that, but that the vet was nice and he was very kind and everything. And so, so we left and it was just a sad, sad day, but we went to go get, so I had to go and we knew we would have to come back and get, the remains. And I thought, well, they'll have them in a nice little box and, you know, it'll be something we can have and, um, and, and wait and choose to whatever we're going to end up doing with the little remains. And, and that's fine. So I went to go pick up the remains and I get there and they hand me this, this white cardboard box, almost the, the style of box, like you would put, um, baseball cards in, you know? And I thought, huh, well, this seems less than, um, this doesn't seem like something that I would have wanted to receive from, from the veterinarian place that, that, that did this. 
And so I, I called my wife or I, I told her when I got home, I said, you need to prepare your heart because um, we've been hornswoggled by these folks yet again. Uh, <laughs> we've been we've been had. Um, they, they just gave us a cardboard box. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, isn't that crazy? Why would they do this? And um, and so we're standing there outside and I'm having this box and I'm like, She's like, so do you think they just dumped him? I'm like, no, no, they're probably in a little plastic bag. I said, but we need to kind of get them, I guess, and figure out what we're going to do. And and so I said, do you want to open it up and see? And she's like, yeah, let's see. And so I went to open it up, and I opened it, and there were packing peanuts on top of something. And I realized immediately, oh, oh, they did have a nice little wooden box in here that they put his remains in, and everything's okay. And so... I said, okay, I see what's going on. Hold on a second. And so we're outside. So I walk over to our outside trash receptacle where, you know, you, you take your trash out too. And, and, and I'm just going to dump out the, the packing peanuts in there. And so I set it on the edge and I open the thing and I'm trying to do everything with two hands. And the next thing I know, a loud, a loud noise occurs as something hits the bottom of the trash can with my wife watching me understand something this 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 little dog my wife absolutely loved she thought there was no better dog in the world he was a good little buddy all right uh but she absolutely you know i could never say anything i would say mean things to him in the nicest voice she's like don't talk to him that way i'm like he doesn't understand me well i do i mean like she just loved him and so all i could think is i have just dropped my wife's dog in the trash can and it hit in such a loud way that I have now traumatized my wife. I, my wife, who I love, who is my heart, who who I never want to hurt, you know, and what broke my heart most about this whole situation has been her heartbreaking, you know. And I'm like, and now what have I done? What I've dumped the dog into the trash can. And, uh, and so she just looks and she says, did you just throw my dog away? Did you... you I did. I didn't realize you hated him so much. And like she's sitting there joking, and I'm feeling horrible. And I'm like, I'm not ready to talk about this right now. So I have to. It's a deep trash can. I have to like get pull the trash can over and almost crawl up in there to get the thing out. And just feeling awful about what has transpired. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she's just giving me a hard time. And she's like, Tell me what happened to. Him. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it because I just. Because my thing was, I just traumatized my wife. But no, mm -mm, no, she's like, this is the funniest thing that's ever happened in our marriage. And I'm so glad it happened to you. Like, she took joy in the fact that I was a little bit traumatized by the situation. She took absolute pleasure in that. So here's to you, dear. Uh, thank you so much for that. So, you know, it's been a weird, weird couple of weeks around here. Uh, we've had to, we've had sadness and, uh, and, uh, and I ruined the moment, which look, I'll be honest with you. I'm pretty good at ruining moments. I can, I can mess up a moment in a heartbeat. So, um, yeah. So hashtag prayers for Haley. Um, <clears throat> we'll round out today, uh, with a couple of things. First of all, uh, Brian Kent sent this to us and, and he sent this a couple of weeks ago and, and it's worth kind of bringing up. Have we learned nothing, uh, from movies and TV? Have we learned nothing from the entertainment we watch? You know, Cody Murphy, Cody Murphy mentioned earlier Sky Next, which was the show that Derek Russell and myself did uh, concerning the Terminator uh, television series. 
And um, if we learn nothing else in that series, it was, hey, don't let's not be messing with AI. Um, a dish of living brain cells has learned to play the 1970s arcade game Pong. About 800,000 cells linked to a computer gradually learn to sense the position of the game's electronic ball and control a virtual paddle, the team reports in the, general, in the journal Neuron. The novel achievement is part of an effort to understand how the brain learns and how to make computers more intelligent. That's the last thing we need to do. We've made huge strides with silicon computing, but they're still rigid and inflexible, says Brian Kagan, an author of the study and chief scientific officer at Cortical Labs in Melbourne, Australia. That's something we don't see with hold on, <clears throat> the size of a tangerine. That's something we don't see with biology. Biol biol boomerang. <laughs> Wallaby. That's something we don't see with biology. For example, both computers and people can learn to make a cup of tea, Kagan says, but people are able to generalize what they've learned in a way a computer can't. You might have never done been to someone else's house, but with a bit of rummaging and searching, you can probably make a decent cup of tea as long as I've got the ingredients, he says. But even a very powerful computer would struggle to carry out that task in an unfamiliar environment. Uh, so Cortical Labs has been trying to understand how living brain cells acquire the sort of intelligence. Gagan says the Pong experiment was a way for the company to answer a key question about how a network of brain cells learns to change its behavior. If we allow these cells to know the outcome of their actions... Will they actually be able to change in some sort of goal-directed way? To find out, the scientists use a system they've developed called DishBrain, which will eventually be called Skynet. Shaz says it best. This is the, not the last thing we need to do. It's the thing that we do last. <laughs> yeah, basically, we Frankenstein a bunch of brain cells and taught them to play Pong. Right First, it's Pong. Next thing you know, it's it's war games. So do with that what you will, brain people. But I've got a couple of movies I want you to see. I want you to see Frankenstein. And I want you to see... Um, I also would like you to see uh, Terminator. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. The Terminator television show. Terminator Salvation. Terminator Rise of the Machines is a really important one. Uh, I'd like you to see, I'd like you to read, uh, some various and sundry things like maybe I robot, um, you know, just AI never works out, never works out. So just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. I need to check something out here really quickly. If everyone would just bear with me real fast, give me a moment. Let's listen to something together. See how this sounds. Like it. I can't remember what I had on the other ones. So I'm sorry. Um let's let that play. I like the way that sounded. Yeah, let's just start that back over. Because it's time to wrap it up, but we got one more story. The US Space Agent this is from back in April, by the way. The US Space Agency NASA. <laughs> Should prioritize a mission to Uranus. That's what an influential panel of scientists said. 
It's only been visited once before in a brief flyby of the Voyager 2 probe of 1986. Researchers think an in-depth study of Uranus can help them better understand how many similarly sized objects are now being discovered around other stars. <sighs> Known as a decadal survey, it's a summation of what this uh, the recommendation was made uh, in the U.S. National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine. It's known as a decadal survey. It's a summation of what the American research community thinks are the big planetary science questions right now and space missions required to answer them. NASA's broadly followed the recommendation of previously National Academy reports. Huh. So now they're saying, get to Uranus. Study Uranus. Learn about Uranus. Here's what we do know. Uranus was discovered by Sir William Herschel in 1781. Uranus average distance from the sun is 3 billion kilometers. Uranus circles the sun once every 84 Earth years. Uranus's diameter is four times the size of that of our planet. Hydrogen and helium dominate the atmosphere of Uranus. <laughs> and Uranus has at least 13 rings. <laughs> and numerous moons <laughs> thank you so much for being with us hey oh the email is geekoutonline at gmail.com geekoutonline at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you don't forget if you want to check out some of the uh, the exclusive content it's patreon.com slash geekoutloud we appreciate everyone who supports us there and if you want to support us by using the amazon links we'd appreciate that find out about that collagen by checking out haley's instagram haley glosson h-a-y-l-e-y glosson over on Instagram, and uh, you can find some information out about that there. And uh, I'm on Instagram at Real Geek Out Loud. We'd love to hear from you there at geekoutonline at gmail.com as well. Uh, shoot us an email sometime. We'd love to hear from you over there. And of course, uh, we'll spend an hour uh, reading one email, though that's what we do here on Geek Out Loud. So, in the words of the scientist, Get to Uranus. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. <laughs>